Hi, podcasting from New York. They say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. This is Pushing Boundaries. Most of today's commentary on complex social issues is binary, unproductive, and flat-out lazy. With this podcast, I'm looking to hopefully elevate these conversations, and as a lifelong educator, hopefully learn a few things along with you. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. So welcome today. This is... Pushing Boundaries, episode 12, and we're talking about black men and my story. And so today's guest, I have Warren Ross, and I want to give you a little background of who he is. Okay, Teacher Ross is a 15-year educator, motivational speaker, a mindset coach, born and raised in Jamaica, Queens, New York, a graduate of Andrew Jackson High School, and a collegiate basketball player from Rochester, New York, to Spartanburg, South Carolina where he earned a master's degree in education. Welcome, Ron Ross. How you doing out there, ladies and gentlemen? How are y'all? All right, so we out, here t- we out here today, and I'm glad to have you on the show. We got some business to take care of. Let me set up here. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate your congratulations to your new platform that you got going on to the watchers and the listeners out there abroad. Thank you, so you man. putting that positivity out. Listen, it's a need, man. It's a need, you know. So I just wanted to start today, you know, with the conversation of, you know, just ca- capturing the narratives of uh, who black men represent today. Um, and I just wanted to ask simply, you know, who are you? Well, number one, you know, I, I'm a black man. You know, um, I, I, I've the 100, 100% experience of what I, what I like to term, not use the terminology black life, which I think is a, a, a very you know, unique thing that often gets overshadowed and is underappreciated and overlooked, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times. Um, and, you know, as a, as a black man growing up in Jamaica, Queens, you know, I consider myself to, quite frankly, just to be an odds beater, you know, mm-hmm. just a person who has overcome the odds, who could have easily gave up a long time ago, mm-hmm. easily, just through seeing all the, the, the trials, the tribulations, the strain, the stress, generations of it from my uncles and my grandmothers and my grandfather and and, and uh, my aunts and, and my friends and, and and their grandmothers and their uncles and their aunts, you know, so I'm, I'm an 80s baby. So I grew up in a time period when it was a, you know, crack era. You know, a friend of mine say right now, we, we, we couldn't have had crack and, and internet. Like, it just, it wouldn't have worked out. Mm. It just wouldn't have worked out, you know. Mm. Being an 80s baby, being a teenager from an adolescent to a teenager coming through that era, was just vastly different than what it is now, you know, being out on the public streets. And so just to go back to the terminology of being a black man and growing up in New York City and growing up in the inner city of Jamaica and having an opportunity to be here now mm. in my fourth decade is a, a blessing, but it is a testament to it can be done and it doesn't have to be done in a negative light. It could be done in a positive way. It could be done in a way where you're doing the right thing or giving your best to get the right thing out of it and seeing the good in life and not just chasing the negative, which is which was right there it, at our fingertips. It could have easily look when I say not be here, I could be in a coffin. I could be in a jail. Mm. I wasn't. I'm not a gangster. I, I never was raised to be a gangster. I was raised to be obedient. I was raised to be respectful. That That's part of black life growing up. You didn't talk back. Mm. <laughs> you, you was. 
seen and not heard. Manners was essential. Being educated was mm. relevant, was necessary. You didn't have a choice. Mm. You was gonna you was gonna be disciplined, you know. And and plus my mother and father, you know, a little more background information about me. You know, my mother was 16 years old when she had me. My father was 15 years old when she, when they had me. I have young parents, mm. you know. So, you know, on the grace of God, again, being here, you know, with young parents and having grandparents who kept me in a draw just so I could, you know, have an opportunity to be here. And this is in the 70s where, you know, things was rough for our culture. Mm. It was not easy. It was very, very difficult to survive at that time. Mm. And, you know, so getting through that and then getting through the 80s and then, you know, playing a little bit of sports and sports, I would say, saved my life, to be quite frank, mm. you know, because when times when guys are in the neighborhood, you know, ducking bullets or running from the police or dipping and diving, trying to make the fast cash and the glam and the gleam of the drugs. I'm at the park, mm. you know, and I started off playing soccer. And ironically, it started off in elementary school with a, with the Jewish gym teacher mm. who had a soccer league. And I never played soccer in my life. I'm from Queens. We don't play soccer. We play football. <laughs> <on the park. laughs> you better watch out for the mailbox in the meter. Who's looking at the ball? <laughs> the second line in the street is out. That's our playing element, you know. So, so how, how, how did like, you like, how did you link up with this um, with this person from the soccer league? So so Mr. Alpo was his name from from PS eighty six, and um, he owns my elementary school. He used to have a soccer league. He was a gym teacher, phys ed teacher. And he okay. used to have a little in the gym in in the cafeteria. He would um line all the kids up doing gym and have two one one or two kids come out and he throw the ball in the middle, you know, and then we'd compete. And if it kick it and hit the wall and got past the, the, the other defenders, it was a goal. For some reason, I don't know, he took a liking to me. I used to kick the ball really hard. Next thing I know, he done called my parents on his own mm. and have me signed up in the soccer league at Cunningham Park. Mm. I, I show up, first game, they tell me what to do. I score four goals my first game, man. I don't wow. know what I'm doing kicking past the goalie. Wow. And next thing I know, they carrying me off the field. I'm like, okay. And Mr. from there, I play like the next Three years, from this from third grade to seventh grade for wow. sixth graders. And they used to come pick me up, play all indoor tournaments on Long Island. So, you know, fast forward the story, I stopped playing and fell in love with basketball in the seventh grade and mm. didn't continue playing soccer. And I was very good. I mean, I don't toot my horn. I'm, I'm confident in a lot of things, <laughs> but I'm going to say if it was basketball, if you know soccer, four goals in soccer mm. is like scoring 50. You got That's that like right. scoring 50 in basketball. You got that That's right. That's major. So, you got that right. Yeah, so I mean, you know, so I played, they wanted me to play AAU and I just lost interest and, you know, mm. uh, plus since soccer back then wasn't that big. If you know soccer, it had like the Cosmos and the Arrows, but it wasn't, it wasn't something like basketball is today you could aspire to, or even soccer today. Mm. Soccer has grown so much that now you have professional soccer players who can make 70, 80, 90, 100, some thousand dollars playing in America. Mm. It's the number one sport in the world. Right. I didn't see myself. My vision wasn't big like that then. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm not going to play soccer. Nah, I don't, I'm not going to play soccer. I was the only, and by the way, I was the only black individual on my team wow i was the only black male so i so I, i've got those scars and uh of being called a uh, nigger and, and coon all of that at the age of eight nine ten eleven you know feeling the awkwardness of my coach would pick me up my mother and father you know again they young people eight they only 23 22 years old hmm. so they still getting their life together i'm playing their sons over there playing soccer and most of the time the coaches would come pick me up uh, living on Hillside Avenue and 164th Street, Cross Street, Mobile Gas Station. They picked me up. 
And I tell people this all the time. No knock if y'all should ever hear this message. Uh, former soccer players, Aubendale, I love y'all. They used to drop me back off right on that corner. I had to walk down the block to get home. Mm-hmm. They never dropped me in front of my house. Maybe once out of a hundred times, honestly. So wow. I used to come in the dark, walking down the block. Right? And now, you know, as I get older, I didn't understand culture then. But now I look back, I'll be like, I would never drop a kid that's eight years old, 10 years old off and like a walk down a dark block in the yeah. city block, yeah. you know, playing soccer, you know. So, uh, but they could have had that stigma of the black culture, you know mm. what I'm saying? Like mm. unconsciously, they may not have been bad people or anything like that, but you know, as you we're gonna talk about, they see the they see the portrayal in the media mm. of how we portrayed and how mm. we look. And mm. in the 80s, any image on TV that was bad, we was looking the worst. Mm. We ain't gonna get our good looks. They're gonna make sure, even if you even if you have good pictures, they're gonna find the picture that's gonna make them say, I don't wanna be around that guy. Mm. You know, he's intimidating, mm. you know. So um, yeah, so that that was my that was my my, my adolescence uh, growing up soccer, but then soccer transformed into basketball, and that basketball I fell in love with that. I just wanted to go to NBA, and that's what kept me off the streets pretty much. So tell and me, tell me, me, so me, so it sounds like with with your parents being so young, you had to have some other. I mean, you so talked about your grandparents, but were there mentors in your life that also nurtured you and, and helped you develop who, to become who you are today? Definitely, um, Mr. Alpo was one, but then coaches. It was okay. it, it became it became it became the coaches and mainly a gentleman by the name of Bob Dawson who started a, his own like recreational basketball league that was at a church first reform church around the corner, and Bob was uh, Bob was a mentor a brother named Amir Sultan who knows um uh, um uh, what, what what's brother name tall brother name I run a program with you I can't think of his name oh, right oh, off the top oh, right now uh, Rashad. Rashad, yeah, yeah Rashad, okay. Rashad knows Amir. Out of okay. Far Rockaway, Amir okay. was my coach. He okay. I call him uncle. You know, any okay. of my older brothers older than me, they my uncles. I just, or auntie. That's, that's yeah. the terminology. Okay. I, but, you know, so yeah, Amir giving me guidance, man. Mm. And, 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 you know, saying a lot of things that I didn't understand then that I'm probably repeating right now in my own way, but was just, again, putting me on a track, going back to that odds beater, making it through. You know, I could have easily been touched. I could have easily been hurt. I could have easily been harmed with no problem. I was outside. Bullets don't have names and they was flying. Not, no, wasn't in the worst neighborhood of all, but I was in the thick of it. You understand? I mean, it's just the way it was. And I was very fortunate to be quite frank, to make it through and to have an opportunity to live. Mm. Just a lot of young brothers and sisters just didn't have that opportunity. No fault of their own sometimes, sometimes fault of their own, but mm. just the environment. Just yeah. the environment, and you, and and it's, it was going down. It was happening. Working class people found themselves using crack. Mm. They yeah. worked five days yeah. a week. They were functionable addicts. Mm. Unfortunately, you know right. what I'm saying? What right. I mean? Right. Like right. I, I, black women in my family was the 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 strength. The men were outside, probably trying to earn. You know, mm. because again, I'm seventies baby. You know, most of our black brothers who went to jail was in jail for robbery, mm. not because they wanted to rob people. You know, we, we also didn't have too much birth control back then. You know, most of our brothers and sisters, our grandmothers and grandfathers who from the South got 10, 11, 12 brothers and sisters. Mm. They got large families. Well, that keeps you broke. Yeah. You got a lot of children. That's what keeps you broke. You trying to feed and provide for your family. So yeah. you black, you in the 60s and 70s, you, you, you still got colored and all this other thing going on. You know, the Panthers is coming up with their program. So... But I'm a, you know, again, my mother 15, my father 16. I mean, my mother 16, my father 15. You know, when I think back on, on man, my mother is is one of seven. 
which is a lot of kids, mm. you know, for my grandmother. Mm. You know, it's, it's a lot of kids, seven kids. And, and, and she wasn't the most educated. She did the menial work. She was working, you know, in the houses with the Jewish people, you know, with, with literally with the suit on, bringing home the, the kosher. I'm like, these sandwiches don't taste like the sandwiches from the corner. These, these, they have the, the kosher meat. I'm like, they in the refrigerator for three days. It's still fresh. I'm like, yo, where you get these from? I didn't know grandma was at work that night. She she taking the scraps home, grinding and hard working. You know what I mean? Just mm. to bring out, you know, take mm. what's here. We get the corner deli store and then she's bringing that home. So that was a little, you know, different culture. But through my grandmother working, cleaning houses of other people. Mm. Bringing home what was left over, you mm. know what I mean, and and we and we would we we loved it. So this 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 the coaches and, and you know people like my grandmother and and be honest with you, but all the black people in my like mom, I lived in in a tenement house, two sides, mm. uh, six floors. Mm. I say it's like a movie. I seen so many characters that shaped my way of thinking, that shaped my way of life. Anytime I get into anything, I think back to growing up. You know, like I said, odds beater, because I seen people lives change. This guy last week, you know, he's outside and he's reaching for crack. He, this, that's Mr. Johnson, right. you know, grew up like, you know what I'm saying? So you seeing this from 12 to 16 and 17, 18, 19, you like you seeing again, you, you, you growing up and then you seeing people who watch you grow up and they went from high to low. Hmm. Males and females. Mm. Subconsciously, that has something on your mind like, yo, I'm never doing that. Right. I mean, you know, is he going to tell you what to do or what not to do? There's no in-between. Right. You know, I'm like, I, I'm, I would never. No way. That was like, and those individuals sometimes, again, we young kids, they outside. And I dabbled in my trying to be what I'm not days. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Out there trying to be what I'm not, thinking I could sling a little this, sling a little that. I live right upstairs. I'm, I'm more afraid of the neighbors saying, Warren, I'm telling your grandmother, then the police arresting me. That's how ignorant I was. I could be, I could get away with it from the cops. I know the building. I'm outside with illegal substances in my hand, 15, 16, thinking I'm going to do what? I don't know, make a little money. Didn't have to. And it didn't take me long to realize this ain't for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'd, rather go to, I'd rather go to NBA right, and make right. some millions, come back and help my people. That's, where, that's why I said sports. Completely just changed my dialogue, mm. changed my focus, and, and put me another way. But going back to answering your question right quick is a lot of people who are down on their luck, who unfortunately, you know, slipped and, and, and just, you know, got weak for whatever reason as it happens in life. And they would be, you know, drug users, but would tell us, talk to us out there and be telling us stories. And these stories were real. Right. These wasn't no made up stories. These was like real life stories about young man go to school. Young man, you don't want to be out here in these streets. Young man, this life is not for you. Young man, there's more out there for you. I'm learning vocabulary words, talking to people who use drugs. What that mean, I'm asking. Mm. Well, this, you know what I'm saying? This means this. You So it's a street, you know, they say school of hard knocks. You know, you go to two street, two schools, one on the streets, you know, and then the one that you go with education. Well, that, that, that tale of reality, which also hit my personal life directly, because I have family members who is on that. You know mm. what I'm saying? And, mm. and as well as friends. How many fights we get into? You calling my mother, father, uncle, crackhead? What? We friends for years. Don't matter. You right. you hitting a you hitting a nerve, man. Right. That's right. That's right. That's you right. hitting a nerve. That's right. But but our families slipped. Is mm. that was the black life? We had families and 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 again aunts, uncles, 
grandmothers, I mean, uh, uh, um, mothers, fathers who just slipped and, and got caught up and was out there and their children and their nieces and their nephews is outside playing on the streets. Mm. Okay, so that's about 10 of them I lived in. We had a lot of children that lived in that building, a lot of black people, working class people. And uh, when that, that drug came around, it really just devoured our culture in a way well, I never seen black women weak till crack came around. Mm. I never seen mm. the black woman in a weak status until that drug came around. Mm. Because my aunts and uncles, my aunts smacked me around. Forget my uncles, my aunts. I used to, I couldn't stand my aunts. Shut up. Put, put my hand all up, you know what I'm saying? Grabbing me all by my collar. Those are my aunts. Not my uncles, my aunts popping me in the head. Go in the house. I'm like, yo. All I seen is them being, you know, strong. And, and then when that, that drug came around and, and, and our black women, you know, got hit by that and then was being degraded and disrespected and treated awful by some of our own people. But due to the nature of that awful, awful drug and mm. uh, uh, crack. So I learned a lot of lessons from humans, man. People that were right in my neighborhood who, again, mm. fortunately, spoke to us rather than harmed us you know mm. what i'm saying right, like right, right. like that's just the, the god that that's again ours beat or thank you god or the spirits that's watching over you because some of the kids didn't make it some kids got snatched up was kidnapped and harmed and lost their life as a teenager mm. by some weirdo who you know on the streets so i think about that and like you know god bless like okay so there's a reason that's what you get purposeful in your life to recognize that you know what you know, I didn't I didn't go to school to be an educator. Nobody I wasn't saying when I was young, oh, I'm gonna be a teacher when I get older. Not my wildest dreams. Hated school. Can't wait to get out. I just wanna play basketball, go to NBA. You know, yeah, I'm going to the league. I'm gonna take care of my family. I wanna graduate and uh, I mean getting drafted into the board of education. <laughs> the DOE <laughs> is my three left, not All the right. NBA. All right. The All DOE. Right. You know? so, so let me ask you, switching gears, you know, this next question, what's not true about you based on that article so if you you know the opposite of the article that we read so i would have to say you know again um I, i'm not a threat i'm not someone you need to run from mm. I'm, I'm a person you know i'm in my i'm in my fours as i kind of like chronically talk about age i use it by decades ones two three i'm in my fours approaching my fives okay uh, uh, mid mid four, you know, forty six. I'll be mean, forty seven. I have a problem saying that. I don't look my age though. Like I say, they say, "Oh, you look so young." Where's the teacher? Some some no, you people. You look like you're twenty, man. Yeah, that's you know what. Well, listen, I say they enslaved us. At least we could do is look young. Like give us something. <laughs> we never got the forty acres in a mule. You know what I mean? So at least you could grant us with the 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 youthful look, because our people struggled and went hard for us to get here, right? And um, but I could throw on a do rag or have a hoodie on coming from work. I tell this to the students and, and, and you know, my, 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 my uh, players and um, my, my brother keepers, uh, young leaders that I have up at my school. And I have a lot of other young kids that, you know, um, Indian and, and, and Sikhs, different religions and Guyanese. And, you know, they walk around a lot saying, nigga this, nigga that, nigga this. And, you know, every time I hear them say, I say, you know, as black people, we take that nigga word very offensively. And they turn, they look at me, I'm sorry, Mr. Russ. I'm like, look, I don't know what the derogatory terminology is for the Indian culture. You know, for the Spanish culture, it might be spick or, or but, I, but I know y'all listen to music and I know the music have you, you know, but you wouldn't walk through Baisley like, chill, my nigga. You wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? They take your turban off and beat you up. Mm. 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? Don't walk around the building saying that. I know black people say it too. I get it. You know what I mean? I understand. I know it's in the music. It's inferential. Maybe we make it sound like it sound good when we say, chill, my nigga. Yo, my nigga. But don't talk that way, man. Don't, 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 don't. It's not appropriate. So we are, I am not a person to be afraid of because my skin is a little black or because I'm wearing a hood or because I have on a do-rag. Mm. You know, I can have a backstage life and be a, a, a person who can still be positive and enhancing and encouraging. And just because I might have my hoodie on mm. doesn't mean I don't have a bachelor's degree. I always say to my students, I could talk on two levels. I could speak on the street level and I could go stand in front of a judge and articulate my point of view. I wouldn't bring the streets to the judge and I wouldn't bring the judge to the streets because it's a time and a place for everything. Mm. But I'm capable of communicating mm. in whatever environment I'm in. So if the police pull me over, I'm going to train my young leaders. Yes, officer, how can I help you? How are you today? Mm. Is there anything I could do for you? Mm. You need my license? Sure, I'm going to get it for you right now. That's it. That's just, that's human language. Right. If anything go wrong from there, it ain't in your hands. Right. I, God, you know, I got to be mad if, if I get killed and get up there. I got to be swinging at the Lord. Like, what I do, man? <laughs> like, yo, this right, guy right. shot me for no reason. Like, but, but, but don't give no ammo to anything. You don't, don't, don't even let them appear that you're a threat because in the back of their mind, they already stigmatized already. A, they cops is a dangerous job. Don't get me wrong. But B, there's a black man in that car. So he might have a gun, or he might be angry, or he might be frustrated, but he's dangerous. So I gotta, I gotta have my hand a little closer to him, opposed if it's an Asian guy, or female, or Caucasian brother or sister. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If it's me in the car, you know, I, I, I'm not Teacher Ross at that moment. I'm, the, I'm a yo, you know, and and I always tell her, also say to the kids, by the time you see my mugshot or something happen to me. You're going to be like, that ain't Mr. Ross <laughs> with my picture on there. You're going to be like, that's Mr. Ross. When he had hair like that, when he, when, is, when he had all that, he looked like he, he, he looked rugged. Like what? You know what I'm saying? Because y'all didn't interpret it in a way that made me look like the boogeyman or, right. or, or someone who's a threat or endangering to the general public. When in reality, I'm going to give her good. Mm, uh, I'm, from, I'm from, I'm from the giving tree. So tell me, tell me about like, you know, how do you, how do you take care of like your emotional and mental health? You know, are you, you know, I mean, what does that mean for you as a man, you know, to be emotional, uh, mentally healthy? Well, you know, funny thing with emotions, I like, I don't know if you ever seen the movie Seven with Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. Yeah. But there's a, there's a scene in that movie when Morgan Freeman finally comes over to Brad Pitt's house and the train is going or whatever. I think it think is that part. But Brad Pitt, you know, he's the fiery guy. Morgan Freeman about to retire. He's a cool old wise head. And he goes to him, you know, I learned in this business to divorce yourself from emotions. And that always mm. stuck with me. Divorce yourself from emotions, which is not 100 percent possible. But um, I was talking to my cousin earlier. Listen, I don't take it personal no more, man. Mm. I just I just don't take it personal no more, man. I tell my students, listen, the words, it's the old sticks and stones break your bones thing. Yeah, it might hurt, but you know what? Never let them see you sweat. You must ain't never been again, going back to the black life. And, and I, I got my scrapes. I got my falls. I've been ridiculed on my block. I, mm. I've been outside where they laugh at you. I had colored food stamps I wanted to hide because it was embarrassing. Mm. So I've I, I, I felt all of the, you know, the agony. Again, my mother and father, 15, 16, they never seen me play a basketball game in their life. I played mm. high school and college. So I, I, I realized that emotions is not going to change the reality of performing. 
or leaping up over that next obstacle. Cry me a river. That ain't gonna change nothing. And then you black, you look, you know, so you already have you already have the stigma of being weak, right? You know, it's a double standard. You know, you're a male, so you're not supposed to cry, you know, those psychological, you're not supposed to show no kind of emotion. So that's just a growing up like you from New York City, you know what it's like. You're from New York. You play basketball. When you're in New York playing basketball, um, you just go through a lot of intense pressure moments where it shapes you as a person, where your emotions become just like a routine. It's almost like a mutant. Like it's sad to say, but almost similar to like when you're seeing your brothers going to jail or they, you know, throw a party. For you going to jail and nothing for you graduating high school or college. Like, so it's like you know, so, it's, so it's like almost like you become desensitized. You do become desensitized. You know, like you know, the young rapper who lost his life. You know, I seen uh young Jeezy said, um, what we doing? You know, I didn't respond back, but in my mind, what we always done. People mm. hurt people, unfortunately. It's it's like and, black and, people hurt black people, white people hurt white people, and it's not anything new. But if you want to just keep it with black culture. We've been trained in violence. If you just go to the days of, of, of the past, we've seen our ancestors mutilated and beat and shot and stabbed for generations. And then we've seen it in the 60s and 70s with lynching. So, you know, I don't know if we naturally violent by nature. You know, I'm an American. My students say to me, where are you from, Mr. Ross? I say, I'm an American Negro, if you know what I mean. You know, because again, you I, there's no other country, no other place I can go. I can't go back to Barbados or Haiti or Jamaica. Mm. I'm born in America, so this is it for me. Like you know, I I, I kind of have a right to be very pissed off about a lot of stuff. Like oh, all you other guy, y'all complain about immigration and this. Well, black people, we we got we did nothing, right? Well, a lot of people did labor for free, and we don't we don't we don't receive anything from that. So. Being emotional, no, nah, it's, 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 that's not going to help us. We have to work through it, mm. right? If, 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 yes, there's going to be times where, yeah, you will be hurt. That's, that's human nature. Mm. But um, build off the strength of our people of the past, man. They kept going. So how do you, how do you, how do you, I mean, what do you do to work through that? So I do yoga. Okay. You know, I do my breathing. I jog. You know, I'm still, I still, I like to jog a lot. Jogging calms me down a lot. You know, opens up my mind where I could just think and relax. Um, I do writing. Writing is therapy for me now. You know, now that I do the motivational speaking, um, you know, I like to put some messages down. And even though I'm communicating to the public, I'm also talking to myself. I'm, you know, I want to lead by example. So if I'm asking people and encouraging people to be positive, then I need to be positive. Right. I want to be a model of what I'm talking about. And, uh, and it's not easy being positive. It's easy to be negative. It's very difficult to be positive. It doesn't take much to pop off or snap. It takes everything to not get emotional, mm. you know, not overreact, mm. you know, uh, not just be ready to take it to the highest uh, uh, stakes where someone again could get hurt. Right. You know, and then later on, it wasn't as big as is as, as taking it to that level. So I, I definitely jog, do yoga, anything that will keep me level. Keep me calm. Plus, I'm an educator, so you know that's you. You got to be calm. We deal with. I deal with children. Right, right. So they what, brought in. What, what, what kind of yoga? Like, what kind of yoga are you into? I don't want to get sidetracked. But what kind of yoga? So I mean, I, look now. Now look, 
This is my yoga. Go to the park, stretch and breathe. All right, just stretch and breathe. Uh, it could be Pilates. I, I, I don't know. I don't do no hot yoga, anything like that. But it is just be still, mm. be calm. Mm. Just, just stare at the clouds. But stick with it though, right? Like to keep the mind settled. Sometimes it's just hard. Like thoughts sometimes run through our heads, like credits after a movie, mm. right? Like you're just moving. You want to grab everyone, grab everyone, and sometimes it's best to just like flush, flush the toilet, clear, and just. Just, just stare at one spot for one minute, hmm. right? Don't, don't break your focus. Just relax. Hmm. Do you hear it? Don't respond to it though. Like really block it out to just get in tune to really just clear your mind to empty your consciousness. Because you know, listen, just getting it through a day for a lot of people is a journey. It's a struggle. Hmm. Just, just making it through 24 hours or the eight hours, 12 hours we on the street could be just harsh for people yeah you, you said know? it man you said it so you so let me ask you let's switch to the, the next question okay. what is true about you that i'm a hard worker that i'm a hard worker that you know i am definitely my grandmother and my grandfather's child i never seen them take a day off my mm. grandfather used to joke with me as he trained me on how to clean my face in the morning he'll wake up i you know i say the kids i just smell perfume and cologne in the morning times going by me, I used to sleep on the floor, my cousin and I right next to the door. And then I see my grandmother and grandfather coming home in the afternoon, go help grandma with the bags. Grandpa was a construction worker. He'd be out on the highways. He'd bring me some tennis balls that we'd play with like every day. Never seen him really take a day off. So, you know, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a hard worker, you know, and, and anyone that's around me, I'm always encouraging them to go hard, which can be annoying. Now, you're, a father. you're, you're also a father, right? I'm, oh, well, okay. Tell me well, about that. Just, I, I, I'm a father of three gentlemen, all boys, 21, 14, and um, 12. Uh, I'm a husband. I have a wife, uh, Miss Latoya Ross. Uh, we've been married uh, more than a decade or 12 years. Um, so, you know, I'm a, me, so I, what, I, what is that? Tell me about being a father and, and a husband and, and, that, and that the impact on you. <sighs> Well, I mean, it's everything on me. I mean, so it's what I live for. You know, it's 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 to make sure that they well and make sure that they good. I'm not important no more. I, I say like it's not about me anymore. You know, my numbers don't get no prettier from here. So my work and my commitment to living is to make sure that my family is straight. You know, and I and I tell my son straight up. You know, uh, as a man in my fours, you know, nothing's guaranteed for me tomorrow. You know, I'm I'm not afraid of death. I'm not looking forward to it anytime soon, but the reality is I'm a black man, you know, and and we have diseases that bother us for some reason that's higher than anybody else. We have shootings that somehow, you know, people that look like me are shot more than anybody else. We get hemmed up in the criminal justice system. I could just be going, standing on the block seeing somebody. Oh, that's your gun. I'm a teacher. That don't matter now. <laughs> You're in the wrong place, wrong time. Maybe not doing the wrong thing, but, hey, I could have been going to the corner store right quick. Who knows? You know, so I tell my sons and I talk to them future, in the future wise, you know, do everything you got to do now. You're never too young to be successful. There's no age on being wealthy. You know, you, you, I, I'm not, I don't want to steal your youth, but it's just a different generation now. The gap of age has been widened because 
you have adolescents and teenagers just doing what adults do. That didn't happen in my generation. Again, from the generation where children were seen, not hurt. Mm. You were very obedient. You didn't even look in adults' mouth. Mm. That was considered to be disrespectful. Mm. You know, nowadays, our young people are just too much information. You can't really hide that to them. In the house, we could teach, I could teach my sons everything. Once they step out that door or get on that phone, they're, in, they're open to influence that may be just more powerful than dad, right? Dad's mm. annoying and always talking positivity. Yeah, I know he loves me, but that's dull. You know, my, my friend right here or my guy I'm playing on the game right here, he cool, he talking, whatever. So, you know, just pray that things that I'm laying down, the foundation that I'm laying down will carry them through and be solid for them to springboard them on into the next phases of their life as young black men and, and, and adults in the next coming years. So let me ask you, so, so you know, and, and, and being a father and also um, a husband, where did you learn to love? Oh, great question. Where did I learn to love? That definitely comes from my grandmother. Miss mm. Rena Nixon, my mother's mother. That mm. definitely, you know, um, who, you know, I, I was very angry for a long time. Like I said, my mother and father's 15, 16. I wasn't always this joy, juice, and positive guy. It was a time where F mm. them. I don't have a mother and father. Mm. They can't come in none of my games. They can't come see me in college. I'm not in jail. What, what, what you got to do is the people who go to jail who get the parents who spend all their money is the kids who go to college who parents can't even come see them to play ball. That was my mentality. Mm. And my grandmother would always hit me with the, you know, like pump your brakes. You know, the Bible says, honor your mother and father. Your days will be longer, you know, um, you know, just leave it in God's hand. You know, pray on it. Don't touch it. Leave it. You know, keep the positive mindset. And that's, that was really, you know, they called her honey because her soul was just that sweet. She just was open to people, mm. open to people, just and just a genuine individual uh, uh, and a positivity to everybody, mm. to everybody. And I, and I have that spirit in me. I really do. I have that spirit in me. It's, it's kind of hard to um, turn away from people, sometimes at my own detriment, mm. you know? I said, if I was a superhero, my greatest strength is I hide my pain well. Hmm. You know, I hide my pain well. I don't, you know, I don't really um, let it be known to the general public. You know, I, I deal with it, you know. And again, I'm human. Everybody goes through, right? You know, I'm not like a superhuman. Um, but when I'm amongst people, I do everything that I can to put that smile on their face and encourage them to have a better day. You know, that's just the way I am. And I get that straight from Miss Rena Nixon, my grandmother, who had that spirit of positivity, joy, and love, man. Regardless of what was going on, you and know, how, regardless. So how how did you how did you make the adjustment from what you didn't get from your parents to your parenting with your children? So it's going back to what I was saying. As growing up, you either gonna follow or lead, hmm. right? If you grow up in a family where you see your father abusing. A woman, your mother, or maybe, you know, just, you know, you see abuse. You either, or, or, or just, let's say, is addicted to alcohol or cigarettes. You either going to follow that or you're going to reject it. You're going to hate it. Like, you know what I'm saying? You don't want it around you. You don't want to see it because you know the destruction that it brings. Mm. And I was broken, right? You know what I mean? I was broken. I was like, you know, I, you know, I was young enough to not think that I needed my mother and father's support, but of course you do. Uh, it would have, it would have, it would have made maybe all the difference in those days just to look up there and to see them like hands together, go for it. Mm. 
you know, I, then I didn't see it, but now I recognize that that matters. That mm -hmm. matters. When you have that support around you, when you can look over and you see people because that's going to give you a little more energy, a little more willpower to tell yourself, yeah, you can do it. Opposed to where you're out there by yourself, you have that one doubt and that one doubt starts to just take you away and it takes you away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the sports frame of mind, you lose your confidence, mm -hmm. right? You stop believing in yourself for a minute. Your shot is off. There's nothing wrong with your shot. It's just in your head now. Mm -hmm. So... Me growing up, really recognizing that y'all, yeah, I, I, I don't want my, my sons to not know they, who their father is. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And me and my father right now have a have a have a you know a, a great relationship. We we was bowling yesterday with my nephew and my son. So you know, um, I just wanted it to be different for my children. I say if I have children, I'm gonna be there for my children. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And and I may not be the best dad in the world, but I want to be present. You know, I want to be around. I want them to know that, you know, my father didn't desert them or, or didn't leave. And not saying my father deserted me. Again, he was a 15-year-old kid. You know, I don't, I don't hold it against him. He's a 15-year-old kid. I can only imagine. You know, he, he could have probably been thinking, how you know it's mine? Like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, that anger, I turned that anger into energy and positive energy. If You know, if, if, your, if your time was up today... What would be the story that you want, want people to talk about about you? What would they, what would you want to be remembered for? What would be the bio for you from another person's mouth about you? If well, was... I always say, I always say, you know, when I go, just put family first on my tombstone. You know what I'm saying? Just put family first. That that I recognize that is is bigger than me. You know, I have a heritage. Again, somebody sacrificed for me in order to be here. Whether it was my grandmother, you know, she could have told my mother, you're not bringing that kid here. 15 years old. I, I took a quick, fast story. My father's father, who uh, my mother's mother passed away about five years ago. And then after that, I wound up becoming closer with my father's father, my father's mother, excuse me. But, you know, her and I used to talk every morning. She passed away two years ago on my way to work or like three years ago. And she told me one time, you know, she's a very straightforward woman. And she said, you know, I found when your father told me that, you know, that your mother was pregnant, she said, I went to your mother, your, your mother's mother house. And I told her, your daughter's having an abortion. Mm. Wow. And I said, you did what? She's like, yeah, I told your grandmother, your mother's mother, that her daughter was going to have an abortion. She said, you know what your grandmother, yo, so, you know, I'm laughing at that. Again, going back to overcoming the odds because mm. right there my life was in a balance right there mm. because what if my grandmother would have said you know you're right right is she's too young he's too young they don't need to be dealing with that let's go take care of that mm. it'd be no war it'd be no war Ross right now mm. and that really could have happened but that same lady Rena Nixon said no she not mm. and so here I be Wow. Right. Just, and so wow. here I be. She said, no, she's. And that's what my grandmother told me. She said, your grandmother said, no, she not. And and, and just hearing that was with strength. That was joy juice. That was positive energy for me. Again, when you get down, I got to look back to things like that. Wow. Because that's another saying of that's why you go on. That's right. Because it could have been over for you right there, but you're still here and you're still here. So it has to be a reason. So, you know, it, it's family first for me. I want to carry on the tradition of giving. Making sure that anybody that I'm around, anybody I come in contact with, that something that I may have did may have enhanced their day or 
change their spirits or uplook their outlook on life in a way that's going to be good to them or well, positive me, for them. Well, let me say you've definitely done that today. Let me tell you that. I mean, there's a lot of juice here, uh, joy juice um, that you're going to be offering to a lot of people. And they, they definitely can feel this and they got that energy. And, and you're, you're sharing your personal struggle is definitely going to enhance other people's lives. But just closing it out, if you had any learnings today for men that are that are under 30, that are above 30 and in, a, in their early 40s, what, what kind of learnings would you give them today in terms of how to how to be a man or what it took to be a man or how to be a stable man emotionally, physically and and um, mentally? Well, I have this thing where I say I believe all of us need to get a degree from the Academy of I and Me, the University of I. Learn yourself. Like I know, I know my story. Like I say, my my climb will be my shine. My glory will be my story. Learn who you are. Learn where you come from. Like you know, go do a study on on, on you know, find out maybe there's some things that. You didn't know about your dad or you didn't know about your mom. That could be why you get angry. Could be why you have a temper and you need to learn how to deal with it. Maybe you just are unaware of certain things that are within your spirit or within your DNA that could be affecting your growth. So don't be afraid to go back and look. Like, you know, um, they have this thing in Ghana called the Adinkra. And it's to go back and, and, and um, uh, see how... See how Sakara, I think it's called. I'm messing it up, excuse me. But it's from the Adinkra tribe in Ghana. But the message is, when you go back in the past, don't go back in the past to basically nitpick. Go back in the past to get what's going to build you. Mm. Okay? If you're going to go back, go back to learn for improvement, to do better. And that's what I mean. Like, graduate by learning who you are. I say, in closing, with this joy juice, the highest form of joy juice to me is when you fall in love with you. Mm. When you fall in love with you, when you can laugh at your big nose, when you can laugh at your fat face, when you can appreciate your goofy, doofy laugh and your cross-eyed, when you can look at that, like Biggie Small said, black and ugly as ever, however, right? Like, how are you going to criticize him after he criticizes himself? Because mm -hmm. he's self-aware that, hey, I might be black and people might think I'm ugly, but I can make you laugh. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter. But once you can officially accept you for you and everything that's a part of you, Right? I said, my parents young, didn't come to the game. I threw all of that out because I don't want to go to the grave knowing I had a bad relationship with my parents. I love my parents for who they are, not for who I want them to be. And if we on earth right now, I understand we live in New York. I might can't see you for a week. I don't think you hate me. I think you're busy. Mm. And I'm not like, yo, you ain't call me. You ain't call me. Well, if I didn't call you first or text you first, I don't feel like I have the authority to say anything to you. Let me call you five days in a row. Then I'm a little angry. You know, you're ducking me. <laughs> you know mm, what I'm saying? Your mm. son over here. It's your cousin over here. Hello. I love you. You know, that's another thing not to be afraid to say. I love you as a man. There's no, no insecurity in saying I love you. And again, in, in closing, uh, Brother Rucker, say you love yourself mm. first. Mm. Fall in love with you. You are valuable. You're worthy, as they say. There's no other like you. And that's true. You have your gifts. You have your talents, you have your skills. Uh, study yourself. If it takes you six months, do six months of yoga learning you. Mm. And I assure you, when you come out of that academy, when you graduate from that university of I and that academy of me, you're going to learn a lot. Mm. You're going to be better. Mm. You're going to leave it, you're going to know some things you need to get better at, some things you need to put to the side, some things you need to not deal with anymore. 
and what areas you need to address more in order to grow as a person, in order to be a better person for your children to be a better father. You, if you're not a better individual, how are you going to be a better husband? Mm. If you're not a better individual, how are you going to be a better father? How are you going to be a better man? How are you going to be a better professional, a better colleague, mm. right? A better friend. If you sincerely don't like you mm. or have a problem with you, no. So that one, that's the one advice I would give to all the brothers wow. out there, all Thank the you, sisters bro. out there. Love yourself, get to know yourself, and, and be openly and honest and truthful with yourself. It's candid and, it, and rip it down to, to the core. And don't be afraid to tell people your story. Absolutely. Don't hide behind your story. Your story mm. will be in glory. Mm. So let, listen, let, before we go, I want you to plug in, you know, let people follow you on your Instagram and, and how they can follow you and just keep up with your with your uh, your voice, man, because uh, I'm sure that people want to keep following based on what they what I heard today. And so just well, plug, make your plug. Okay, well, first I'm going to say thank you for um, pushing boundaries welcome, and, and taking it higher. You know, um, what you're doing is inspirational and it's encouraging. Um, you can find me at, at Teacher Ross. That's Teacher R-O-S-S on the gram that I have visit videos. And again, it's all for inspiration, for transformation into a better situation. You know, uh, Warren Ross, if you're into Facebook, I do lives every Wednesday night, every Sunday night. This week theme is just look up because sometimes our head is always down and uh, we don't see what's uh, up there because we don't look. Mm. We, we just don't look up and there's a lot up there for us, mainly chances and opportunities to do better. And uh, let's 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 push the boundaries and get to them, right? That's right. Let's get it. Thank you, let's brother. Get Thanks for listening to Pushing Boundaries. Once again, my name is Sharif Rucker. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do me a favor by commenting, subscribing, and sharing this podcast with everyone you know. All of these things are free and take very little effort, but would mean the world to me. Thanks again and stay tuned.